majority of people have a, that silent voice that's loud as ever mm-hmm. inside of them. And it's like, I really want to do this. Yeah. And they'll come into something and they really like it, whether it's art, singing, whatever. But they won't share with the world. They won't take, you know, take the path, let's take it. They don't want to seem like an eyeball, right? Mm-hmm. And when they see one person do be like an eyeball and and be okay with being humiliated, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's inspiring. Yeah. Because they're actually being humble. They're actually being humble. Because you, you take the risk on being humiliated. Your friend's laughing at you. Your, your family member's saying that, oh, you can't do that. You know what I mean? That's not going to work. And it's like, yeah, you take that risk. That's humiliation. That's, you know, that's not you. That's not comfortable. But you get used to people saying no. You get used to people saying you can't do it. And you like, yeah, I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> you can't, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Like, look, just, just showed you. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it on big screen TV, but I'm doing it every day of my life. And that's who I am. Because who I do what I do every day is who I am. Hey, good morning, guys. Welcome to the Not Genius Podcast. My name is Jesse. My name is Josh. And today we have the owner of the Groom Bar. His name is Joel. His friends also like to call him Mr. Phenomenal because how's your day, Joel? Always phenomenal, doctor. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome, man. So how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Man, I'm phenomenal, man. Things things as well. I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for allowing us to use your space. I know like uh, it's really early on a Wednesday morning, but I walk in this morning, you're already cutting a dude's hair and chopping it up, talking business. And it's just like, dude, you're serious. <laughs> I love that. I love that energy, bro. Can you like tell us a little bit about your story, like where you come from? How has that um, upbringing impacted you, led you to who you are today and where you want to go? Well, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, I come from a family of eight. Um, uh, it was six girls, two boys. I was the oldest boy. Um, really got in a lot of trouble when I was younger. Uh, my dad went away to prison when I was at a young age and um, had a little struggle, hard time, uh, not having, you know, a, a man, male figure in my life. Um, and uh, we was in and out of homeless shelters, so we didn't really have a lot when, we was, when I was growing up. Um, and went through juvenile, you know, in and out of juvenile detention center. Um, certain certain things that I always had, I knew how to speak. I knew I read what read very well. I always did well in, in school in English, and the teachers didn't understand why, you know, I was always getting in trouble and stuff like that. But it's because of lack of male role modelship. Um, and, you know, I took that into my adulthood and did some time in prison, a few years, and had some children. I had four children before the age of 25. And um, I came home. I, I came home at the age between 25 and 26. But before I came home from prison, um, the last time I told myself I was never going to come back. And <clears throat> I didn't know where I was going. By this time, I didn't know I was already in the streets. All my friends was in the streets. Friends got did you know life in jail, things like that. And I didn't know where I would start. But I had an upbringing in, in church. 
And so my mom and my sisters all went to this one church. And um, that's where my life really took a turn for the best. And I connected with um, different mentors in church. Um, two mentors, you know, um, uh, one was uh, Delandra Walker. Uh, he has an organization called Rush, Raising Up Successful Heroes. And then uh, Bishop Lane, Billy Lane Jr. And I locked in arms with them because I didn't have no schedule. I didn't have anything. And so everywhere Bishop was at, I was there. Mm-hmm. He was at the gym. He went to the gym six times a week in the morning, three times, three times, three times a week in the morning and three times a week in the evening. Every time he was there, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started to learn disciplines successful disciplines and I didn't even know I, w- I wasn't reading at this time and then when I got into reading personal development um uh, like we talked about before I had got into Amway um and it gave me a skill set of uh, you know how to market myself and how to sell to people and I learned that I learned that I learned that at a younger age and how to package that and to sell that to my brothers, to friends of mine, to give them a, a different avenue of what they already knew and train them like, listen, we can do this and we can we can do it big. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was that was basically how how I got here. And those are the things that shaped me. Oh, God was first in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, spent when I didn't have a job, I spent a lot of time with my children, just being there with them because I didn't have anything to give them but my time. Um, and I want them to know that they was very important to my life and, um, and still to the day. Yeah. Still spend time with my family and still put God first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what shapes my business. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Those foundational principles. And uh, yeah. So that's where I'm at today. Dude, that's awesome, man. I wanted to pull back the layers of the onion and talk more about, uh, you having, Gone to prison. Was this in your early 20s? Yeah, it was in my early 20s. My first, um, I went to, right after getting my my oldest daughter's mother pregnant, I went to prison. She got pregnant when I was when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to prison for two years. Okay. I came home from prison, and then I had um, my, youngest, my youngest daughter, I mean, my middle daughter, and... My my son, mm-hmm. and then I was only home for a little while, and then I went back to jail for four years. Wow! So, what did those two experiences in jail uh, teach you? Like the first time around, and then the second time around. Like, what kind of lessons did you learn, or what kind of awakenings did maybe that you may have had? Well, it's a revolving door, and you don't get. And you that's the only life that you were going I was gonna get. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? With the life that I was leading, that was the only thing that I was gonna experience in life. Mm-hmm. Was I was gonna be home for a little while and then I was gonna go back to jail. Yeah. It didn't matter when, it mm-hmm. was it was like it was like it's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it it was a pattern. Uh, I seen the pattern. You got locked up when you was twelve. Wow. You did you did your first ninety days. Then you came home, you came home for a little while, then you did six months. 
So every time you went back, you do you do a longer stay until you end up maybe like some of my friends yeah. life. Because that's what that life leads to. It leads to a life of um nothing but jail, crime, you know what I mean, destroying your family relationships. Yeah. That's what it does. So I remember I was praying to God one night and I was like, man, God, I don't know how I'm going to change my life because mm -hmm. I don't have friends yeah. outside of the streets. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, just, you know, help me, help me, direct me. And um, I had a dream and in the dream, God said to me, destroy the parasites. And I was like, what the heck? And it just rung in my spirit, like just kept ringing in my spirits. And even to the day, like if, even if like, and I'm not even into none of that, right? But just um, parasites could be, you know, financial um, dis destruction to what I'm building. Uh, you know, Sabbath, maybe thinking about possibly sabotaging a relationship. And it's like, no, you, you got to destroy those parasites, those those thoughts and habits that would take away from what your your yeah. legacy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that was a turning point for me. That was a turning point for me. And, and so uh, when I came home from prison that last time, I didn't, I... I actually didn't come home and see none of my friends. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even. I did. I didn't have communication with them for probably about two years. Yeah. And they thought they was like, "Oh, you changed," and he oh, was like, man. "Absolutely." Yeah. I can't do this no more. And mm -hmm. so my friends, after they seen that my change was was solid, probably like the fourth year. I was like around 29. Then my friends started to come to me, ask me for advice. Man, how do I change? How do I do this? How do I do that? And we don't know the purpose that God has yeah. for us and why we take the routes that we take. But the more that I took these routes, the more that I seen that God was like, man, I'm trying to deliver people out of their situation. Because a lot of people don't want to be in the situations they're in in my community. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just don't know. Yeah. They just don't know. So. Like going back to when you were talking about cutting out the parasites and really trying to transform your life. What did that process look like? Because it's not just zero to 100. It's zero to one. Yeah. So what did that even look like going from nothing to, you know, trying to be a little bit more like that vision that God had for you? And how how did that feel as well? Just like cutting off people that probably have been with you your entire life. It's a lonely journey, man. It was super lonely and it was like, it was torture. It's like, you don't know what it takes to change your life. And the torture was, is that, it's like you, when people say I'm losing my mind, you are. It's really hot, but you don't see it. Like I'm looking, I'm looking back now, and I see that it was like literally. If you want to get a picture in your mind, it's literally like you, like you tearing your mind out, 
And then you got to put a whole new mind. You're doing surgery, putting a whole new mind in, 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 inside of you. And it it's just like an everyday grind because I had damaging thoughts. You know what I mean? Like emotional damage that I caused for myself. And I had to take ownership for that. And that was hard. Like looking at myself in the mirror and saying... Joe, I'm here, you're here because of you. Like, yeah, you can argue about anything, but you're here because of you, because of your choices. Yeah. It was it was the most challenging time of my life. I got to know a lot about myself. I spent a lot of time with myself. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in conversation with myself, reading books, you know, a lot of prayer. And um, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I had, Changed my mindset until I knew it. Yeah. Like, because when in the middle of the process, you don't know. You just start a journey. And you start reading. And you don't know, like, it's changing your thoughts. No, you don't. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. you, you don't know that you're being you're becoming somebody different. Yeah. Until you're just that different person. And then the ways that you used to think and the ways that you used to act is like, I don't, I don't even think about that no more. Yeah. Like, that's not even... So when you when my friends come around me and they these are the conversations that they're having, it's annoying to me. Yeah. Because I'm not having these conversations. Yeah. And I, I, it's not even... My palate for conversation is not that no more. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? My taste for conversation is I want to talk about business and where are we going i love that so let me hear your goals what's your goals and sometimes i can't even share my goals with them because they're not there Mm -hmm. no it bothers them too much it's just like who are you man he was just telling me exactly (laughs) because josh came from a walmart distribution center like 12 13 14 months ago wow he had a snowboard accident Uh and then like then he could not lift the pallets or whatever anymore, transport the boxes. And then, you know, he had to go find something totally different. Right. And right. then, like, you know, it's, I mean, you could yeah. figure it for yourself, man. Yeah, here I am. But, well, so specifically on that, um, I guess now that I'm, like, in a different place in life, um, not to sound, like, arrogant or anything, but, like, just, like, talking about my goals or, like, what I'm doing with some people now is almost uncomfortable because I don't want to come off as like, look at me. I don't want to come off as a, that, <laughs> but, but it's like kind of, but like when, because this is all my life is now, that's all I have to talk about. Yep. So it's like weird because I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy, Yeah. but then it's like, I don't have anything else to talk about. I have, yep. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like the moment you look back, and you start reminiscing about the back. You start backpedaling. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you gotta put your goals in front of you. So my friends, so to eliminate me having to talk about my goals, I would have my goal boards. Yeah. So I want to tell you all about this. So I, I for a minute I started staying with my sister, mm-hmm. and in the basement, and she told me that I couldn't. I couldn't build. I asked her to build a barbershop in her basement. She told me I couldn't. I did it anyway. <laughs> it just was like, in me, I had to do it. So I had a wall, though, for all my goals, all yeah. my visions. And my friends, 
started coming, see, they started seeing one goal, two goals. Then they started seeing a whole wall, pictures, all of that. And I'm sitting there staring at it all day, every day. And it's crazy because I'm living those goals now. And um, and some, some I'm, you know, it, it's, it's happening, it's coming. Um, but it inspired them. It inspired them. And it inspired them to conversate about their goals because yeah. I didn't have to talk about mine because they seen it. Wow. And it inspired them to write their goals down. And a lot of my friends that that did make it out and aren't mm -hmm. going back to jail, they're doing a lot of great things in the community. And I'm just, I'm so thankful because I, I didn't know. I, I Honestly, I didn't know. And my 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 family then don't know neither. Mm -hmm. They don't know about that transition. And so whatever they've been doing, they've been doing for whatever, however long they've been doing it. But it's like they see my life go from nothing to maybe to like, oh, he's sure about that. He's not changing. He's 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 going mm -hmm. towards wherever he's going towards. And it's not an arrogant thing. It's actually a thing where you're confident in the direction that you're going in. Mm -hmm. You're not arrogant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're just confident in that direction. And you focused on it. So, of course, that's all you're going to be thinking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Joel, I don't come from like a similar background uh, from you whatsoever. But I can really relate when it comes to when you were sharing about your goals. And you were just being authentic to who you are. And I've been trying to do that since I was 18 and I went to college. Okay. And, you know, everyone in college is just trying to follow the, the rat race. Right, right. And then I'm out here hustling while going to college. And I was like, I don't really want to be here. My parents <laughs> told me to be here. And then, you know, I was following my dreams. I tell everyone. Like, I, I didn't, I also like, this is part of my transformation of being more self-aware of other people's feelings, emotions. I was not self-aware. So I just continued to talk about <laughs> it. So I was just being who I was. I don't really think about what other people think of me. Right. Even if they're uncomfortable. I'm just Whoever rides with me, rides with me. Right, so it's right, like, right. me talking about my goals for like the last five, six years with those same friends, we did out all the people who did not want to be around me, yeah. but all the people who did stick around me were life-giving. Even if they weren't entrepreneurs, they had their own goals, their own ambitions, and I brought out the best out of them for them to speak of their goals and not be shame, uh, full of shame or yeah. feeling shame that they are so ambitious and they are different than the crowd. Like, yeah. Hey, just be yourself. Be yourself. That's so, it. So that was one of the things that's, that's really inspiring because when you ha when you say that you have your vision board and it was in your barbershop and people uh, came to you and they saw what you were doing, I think that can be replicated in how people got social media feeds and we could just post about who we are on there yeah. and that'll weed out the same people who may not want to be around you because that makes them feel uncomfortable, but it brings the people who do want to be around people that think like yourself Absolutely. closer to you. So it's like you're doing two things. You're cutting out the parasites, but at the same time, you're bringing the people who are really good and like you're inspiring people yeah. to take that next step. And you have never done that if you never shared yeah. your vision board. Yeah, because it's funny, man, because if you think about it, a lot of people, majority of people have a, that solid voice as loud as ever mm -hmm. inside of them. And it's like, I really want to do this. Yeah, And they'll come into something and they really like it, whether it's art, singing, whatever. But they won't share with the world. They won't take, you know, take the path, let's take it. 
they don't want to seem like an eyeball, right? Mm-hmm. And when they see one person do be like an eyeball and and be okay with being humiliated, you know what I mean? It's just like it's inspiring. Yeah. Because they're actually being humble. They're actually being humble because you you take the risk on being humiliated. Your friends laughing at you. Your your family members saying that oh you can't do that. You know what I mean? That's not going to work. And it's like yeah, you take that risk. That's humiliation. That's you know that's not you. That's not comfortable. But you get used to people saying no. You get used to people saying you can't do it. And you like yeah, I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Like look, just just showed you. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it on big screen TV, but I'm doing it every day of my life. And that's who I am. Because who I do, what I do every day is who I am. Yeah. Wow. Can you talk more a little bit about like, what are some big examples of you showing that humility through humiliation that transformed you, that changed you? Because it's just like, oh, you take that risk? Well, that's something that you've never done before a day in your life. So like, can you show, share a personal example? When I was going to hair school mm-hmm. and I quit my job, and because I knew I didn't want to be in the environment that I was in. I quit my job and I didn't have no money and I had to get to school. Yeah. And for like three months straight, I had to be humiliated and humble myself and ask the bus driver, listen, I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. I need to get on this bus. And I need to make it to school because I have to graduate. I have to graduate from hair school because if not, I'm not going to get everything that I, I need. And my family ain't going. So those are the moments, you know what I mean? And not worried about what people think. I had to do that on a bus. I had to do that on a train. And, and people seen that. They mm-hmm. seen that hunger in my eyes. And you're not going to tell me no because I would walk from Delaware to Chester mm-hmm. or Springfield, PA. I would. Yeah. There's no no doubt on my mind. I wouldn't even care. I wouldn't it because it that doesn't that doesn't matter. What matters is is I'm following my dreams and I'm gonna make it happen. So and asking people for rides and knowing telling them I don't have any money to give you. You know what I mean? So from school, catching a ride back home. You know what I mean? And it, and these people they from Pennsylvania. And they bring me all the way back to Delaware. But those are the same same people that I inspired. And they was like, yo, I was inspired because most people wouldn't even ask. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. I was like, wow. And I was humiliated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was like, sometimes I felt ashamed. Yeah. But it didn't stop me. I'm not going to stay in that feeling of shame. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to... There was something that I needed to do. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. It's a must that I do this. Why was it a must? What was riding on the line for you? Everything. Everything. Because even... (laughs) So this is around the time that I built the the barbershop because I had to stay in an environment, right? So I built the barbershop in my sister's basement. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't finish school... It would just all be for nothing. So, and it's, it's funny because um, a year ago, my sister came and she, she sold her house and yeah. she came and stayed with me. Wow. 
So I had to, I had, I was able to give her back what she gave me. Wow, dude. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was good. No, she ain't had to pay no bills, no yeah. nothing. Just get yourself together. Mm-hmm. And she had that time to figure out what she actually wanted to do. Wow. So everything rides on it. Everything we don't know. We don't know how things meet up later. So just be okay with being humiliated. Be okay with being taking that humble route. I think a lot of people don't understand what hu- true humility is. It's following that dream and talking about it. Yeah. Speak it up. Speak up for it. You know what I mean? That's that's the God in us, right? That's, you know, God, whatever you want to call him, that's him speaking through us. Mm-hmm. And when we humble ourselves to that, that's humility. I don't think, you know... It's, it, I mean, it's not about the cars. We don't got to talk about what we what we have. It's like the journey, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the journey. It's the people's lives that you set free. It's people's lives that you set free, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's that, the humiliation where I, like really set me free from a lot of conformity. Yeah. This was it. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, how long... Was that your dream? And like, was that your dream throughout your whole like stint in prison? Like before that, during or after? No, actually, well, actually, it, 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 um, I started, I started cutting hair when I was 15. And I just did it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And then when I came home from prison, I was working down an oil refinery. And I would do cut hair on the weekends, and how it really like stirred up some more stuff in me because I could, I could talk to the young boys in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I, I did a lot of mentorship when I came home and try to redirect focuses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And and a lot of people was like, "You're really good at what you do," and I'm like, you know, again, I could, you know, a lot of times I ignored it, you know what I mean. But humbling myself to my talents, my gifts my abilities and seeing that that's this could be a vehicle to take me to the next step of my life. And and then I seen that the oil refinery wasn't really what I really wanted to do. And the people that worked there didn't have the lifestyle that I wanted. And I was like, you know, I remember getting in an argument with one of the <laughs> managers. I was like, I was like, bro, I ain't gonna be your age doing this. My life is definitely not going to be like this. You know what I mean? I'm, I said <laughs> another two, few choice words, but he got my gist, drift. And um, rest in peace to him. But he was my client until he passed away. Oh, wow. yeah? He he was inspired. He was he was inspired. He he quit his he quit the job and actually launched a little uh, maintenance and repair business. Wow. That's awesome, man. He <laughs> yeah, did. It was crazy. It's crazy. But he passed away. He had a heart attack. Oh man. Yep. Dude, that's so funny. I like heard that's I heard a story like a month ago. I think I was listening to like you know I don't know, you ever heard of Ben Shapiro? No. Okay. So I was just like listening to this guy where he was like he was working for a media company before and then they were like not valuing him the way that he wanted that he was looking to be valued because he had a lot of great ideas. Uh-huh. And then he was just like, man, I don't even like working here. And then like, oh, I think he was at, no, he was at a law firm. He was like, I don't even like doing this work. Like, why am I even here? Right. And then he, like, he was bringing so much money for the partners. There's, 
they're just like, oh, Ben's about to leave. And then like now two of the partners are going down to go talk to him why he should stay. And then one of the partners was realizing, you're right. I don't even like the work that I'm doing. Like and now the one, the one of the partners now need to convince the two guys why they should stay. One ended up staying, then Ben left and then built a multi million dollar maybe like a billion dollar media company right right it's huge right, right. it's just like oh dude that those stories where it's just like man you have a dream and a vision and now you convinced and stirred somebody else up and, and then they feel like you're right you're right now, what the heck am i doing here and now the entire management team got to stop their entire management from quitting and <laughs> you almost tore apart the refinery bro <laughs> But I mean, it's all I think somebody's always gonna fill this space, but that's it's funny, man. It's funny. You never know. You never know how your story real really connects with the people around you. You know what I mean? And what people are really looking. They really looking at you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they really inspired by, you know, you stepping out on a limb, man. Humiliation is it's humbling. And I think that's why most successful people are humble mm-hmm. because you know you you are humiliated people look at you and they laugh yeah you know what i mean and they only laugh because they're hurting on the inside because they can't do they they're mm-hmm. not doing what they actually want to do mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> it's crazy it's like just do it yeah mm-hmm. just humble yourself to your vision yeah it's, it's gonna work out yeah. they so scared yeah and joel you you have a level or a layer of success that people can see from the outside level. And this is like, you know, we were talking before the podcast, man, overnight success, more like a 10-year overnight success. <laughs> and it's just like when you have accumulated success on top of success, how do you still sustain that level of humility? Because it becomes harder and harder the more successful you become. Or, yeah, how does that challenge look to you? I think... Every day you want to get better, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Every day you want to get better. Mm-hmm. Every day you, if I'm working on my, if I'm working on my businesses, if I'm working on my talent, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like training somebody, that's which keep me humble, because I gotta connect with this person. This person is not where I, I always have to remind myself, Joe. This person that it's not where you at. Mm-hmm. They don't. They haven't experienced what you experienced. Hmm. So wherever they at, you got to appreciate them there and then show them where they're going to be mm-hmm. and keep encouraging them till they get to that, till they get to that point. Yeah. And because when they get to that point, you're going to be here. So it's always going to be a level of, we're always going to be growing. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it just humbles me to see like, the young people working and mm-hmm. I could see Trinity, one of the stylists in the shop who she was timid and she didn't market herself mm-hmm. and she, you know, but seeing her come out of her shell, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's humbling to me. It's like, and I connect with all these people. I connect with their clients. Yeah. And, um, Again, I don't put my I don't put my focus on the things that we produce. You know, I think I, I put more focus on the people that are being developed. Yeah, more development. Because mm-hmm. if I can lead a hundred people, 
if I can lead a thousand people, you know what I mean? That means that, you know, I'm I'm tapping in more of my my inner self. You know what I mean? And that vision is growing. So I think I just keep focus on that because I always got to deal with me. I don't want to be too, I, I don't need to be um, that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, success brings that, but I don't need it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we already know, like, I, I, I always think like I'm always going to be successful because I know the principles to apply, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not about me. Yeah. I made it about me when I was running around in, in the streets. You know what I mean? Look at me. I remember those days. I, I can't. So when I made it about me, I fell. Mm-hmm. I did time in prison. I hurt people that I love. Mm-hmm. So I just make it about them. Mm-hmm. If I focus on them and and how I treat them, mm-hmm. I think I, I keep that hunger for humility. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I see like uh, right over there, you got like a bulletin, you got like different events and like ways in which you want to impact the youth or give back. Like, could you share about how, like what's been your experience in terms of, you know, scaling your mission on giving back to whether it's youth or people who were in your position on the streets? Like what's that journey been like in terms of giving back and what do you want it to be in the end? We have an organization called Born for Brothers. And it's the it's a slogan. It's called a, a friend is a friend of all time, and a brother is born for adversities. And so my journey with that is to be a brother to the brothers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, to the men, uh, whatever stage, phase, situation you in, knowing that like we have somebody that can connect with you and walk with you. Mm-hmm. Like we walking with you, we all going through situations, we all going through financial hardships, yeah. we all going through uh, emotional distress at times, and we all need somebody to talk to as as brothers. Mm-hmm. And and I want to just connect with the youth. I'm more so with the youth um, because it's easier to build a a young person and to develop them into a strong human being yeah. than to tear down and rebuild a a broken man. Yeah. You heard that saying, right? Um, and it's true. Because a man as a man, um older man as that's broken, his he he might his spirit might be broken. And that's something that some deep inner work. Yes. And it's like I that's God's work. Yeah, that's not yeah. your job. That's not my job, right? Yeah. That's God's work. But a child whose spirit is not broken, whose spirit has is like pure. It's like you can take it and you can help him mold it. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And steal some things in it that he's going to need. And it's like now you can see him fly. Yeah. And watch him fly wherever he goes. And it's like that's more ins- inspiring. And so the younger people in my community, giving them something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. Outside of rap, outside of playing ball, um, being a doctor's. Because I cut doctors, lawyers, and you can see these guys. They tangible. They've been where you at. Let's walk around with them. Let's let's talk with them. Let's take them on trips. And I want to, this following year, we want to take the young people over overseas. Because when I was younger, I never, I never 
I, I didn't go to college, so I it was no study abroad. I didn't I didn't graduate from high school, so it was like I said, it was no study abroad. So if we could take that and send about ten to twenty kids next year away, that'd be dope. And then the following year is a hundred, a thousand, just to inspire them, like just. Not just to see, like, America is America, but in different countries. You got Africa, you got, you know, you got um, you got Italy, you got wherever, Dubai. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See how other people are living, their cultures, the way they, the way they move. Mm-hmm. That inspiration is going to carry them away from here. They're not going to, majority of them not going to come back and be the same person. Mm. That's my... That's my that's my hunger. I'm hungry for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, the business is, is to take care of my family, but so that way we can do more for the community. Yeah. I give young boys jobs. They come in. You know, no, I saw one day there was a homeless guy who was looking for something to eat, and instead of kicking the guy out, you were like, you're a grown man, right? You work for your money, right? I don't know if you remember that day, but it was like a couple weeks ago and you just gave him a broom or like have him pick up the trash in the yeah. parking lot. You paid him. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that, that was life changing to me, honestly, bro. Yeah, because I mean, so I always look at it, even my friends. My friends will call me and ask me for some money and I'm like, I'll be like, nah, I got some, I got some work for you to do mm-hmm. because I didn't get here. Nobody gave me, nobody said, here, take this. I didn't get no loans for any of my businesses. So if I work, you got to work. I'm going to teach you how to work. I'm going to teach you that. No, you don't call me and ask me for... Here, you need to get to work? Okay. We'll have somebody come pick you up and get you to work. Because I'm going to teach you how to I'm teach you how to fish mm. instead of giving you a fish. Because yeah. giving you a fish, it, it's going to just feed you that one time. But if I teach you how to fish, if you can walk through that door and know that, oh, Mr. Joel, he got a job for me. You can you know that? That's all I I did my job. Then that means you can walk in any door and you can ask them, you got any work for me? And wow. some people might tell you no, but so it doesn't matter. Go to the next door. Yeah. Because they'll tell you yes. You condition them to be salespeople. Absolutely. <laughs> be their own sell themselves. <laughs> sell themselves. Yeah. Right. And then and then after he did that job, I had another job for him. But my 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 boy, I ended up giving it to my boy because I needed a hood put on my um my uh, my tow truck. But yeah, it's just that's you know each one teach one, each one reach one. So you're talking about uh, teaching other people how to fish. Who taught you how to fish? My dad. Yeah. Yeah, my dad. What did absolutely. that look like? So younger, before my dad went to prison, my dad, you know, he he driving trucks. And Saturdays we go outside. We he give me toothbrush here. You gotta clean them the rims. Mm-hmm. Make sure them joints is clean. The rims on the eighteen wheeler trucks, right? We spray, wash the trucks, cut the grass, um, wash the car, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he taught me that. And then when he came when he came home from prison, um, he just reestablished it in mm-hmm. me. And so from a young age, I had work ethic. Yeah. I need to go, you know, my dad, he gave me the bare minimum. He like, yeah, I'm not getting, my dad didn't give me Jordans. 
he didn't buy me Nikes. He's like, yeah, if you want all that, you got to go work for that. And I might go half with you. And might, so, no guarantees. No, <laughs> no guarantees, Doc. So I had to get it. Why my friends, they had their fathers and their fathers was giving them everything. Not me. Mm. But guess what? When it came down to go skating, guess who had some money? I did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When we went to the ball, guess who had money? I did. And I didn't have to ask anybody for anything. Yeah. Mm. So that was the, uh, yeah, That is that's who taught me work ethic. That's who yeah. taught me how to sell myself, yeah. how to present myself. He taught me, he bought me my first suit. And then from there, he's like, yeah, no, now you know where to go. You you want a tailor suit? You go to my man. You want some shoes? You mm-hmm. go to him. So, and that's what groomed my taste to be a gentleman. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I appreciate from appreciating for that. Yeah. Yep. No, it sounds like you were very coachable from a really young age, and that's a gift and talent on its own. Yeah. So I want to ask you as well, like, what were some of your natural gifts and talents that you're blessed with? You know, even though you went to prison or in that entire story. Like coming out of it, you're still you. So, what what were some things that just naturally came to you? I think, like you said, a coachability. Yep, yeah. coachability, man. I always look for older guys. I always knew older guys had the wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't. I don't know. I still don't know. And I think some of my bullheadedness is a talent. Like. Like my, it's. I think bullheadedness is like leadership quality. What does that mean? I've never heard of boldheadedness. Like bullheaded, like you know, your ability to ignore anybody else's advice and go for it. (laughs) Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that is a talent as well because not everybody can do that. Mm, Not everybody can block out block out the noise. Yeah. Into the ability to to discern when when that time is. Yeah, mm-hmm. to block out the noise. Um, I think that was a talent. Um, I, mean, I think I, I, yeah, the the coachability, being coachable. I wish I was co- more coachable. You do? Yes. Why do you say that? Because I'm coachable to a degree, and then my bullheadedness kicks in. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And um. If if I was coach more coachable, I would be further along. Sure. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. I would glean so much more from my mentors mm-hmm. instead of winging it a lot of the times. And um, while winging it is good, sometimes. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, while winging it is good, but if you have somebody that's, has actually got the blueprint. Follow the blueprint. Mm. Don't 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 take out step step four, <laughs> <laughs> and then try and figure it out yourself. Right, yeah. right. Don't yeah. do that because just it, you 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 end up not getting the result that you intended. Mm-hmm. You know, you get results, but it's not the results that you intended, and then you end up having to tear it down and rebuild it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could you give me some advice when it comes to, uh, you know, being coachable and then having that balance with being bold headed and like 
not caring about what other people think, taking the action, but at the same time, like, how do you be even more coachable? Well, it's it's being in more in communication with your with your mentors. Yeah. And having multiple mentors. You can't just have one because it's really is many different ways to skin a cat. So before you making a decision and confer with all of them. Um and like Bob Proctor, I know y'all might listen to Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor says the mentors don't have to even be living. Mm-hmm. But if you read their literature enough, you can you can um you can kind of think how they think. Yeah. And what would they do in these situations? What would they do in these situations? And I think um that's where the mentorship would guide you a little bit yeah. further. And then bullheadedness is having that ability to say, no, this is what we're doing. You know, even when it sounds like it sounds crazy, no, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And just jumping out there because these is one of the times where you, there is no nobody can give you advice. You know, yeah. it's times and you know it's times in the decision that you have to make that nobody can give you a device uh, an advice. You know what I'm saying? Because you did all you could do, you applied every principle that you, principle that you can possibly ap- apply, and it's like still coming up. We got to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being bullheaded enough to say block out the noise, people saying don't do that is nah. We doing this. And we got to lock in, and we're going to get the result that we want to get to that next level. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Sounds like you're a visionary, bro. So, in terms of that leadership quality and what you've done for the groom bar itself, I'm sure that, hey, maybe in the past you've had pushback on your your ideas, and people are just like, hey, if you do that, I'm leaving. It's like, then leave. So, like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Where like oh people push back on your ideas and you're just like so convicted I'm gonna go this direction. So when have you followed your convictions to the point that hey people had to like drop off? I'm not gonna say all the time, but um, like even with my, like even with my my significant other, mm-hmm. um, yeah she she gave me pushback about almost like the whole time we were together. Really? Yes. At first it discouraged me. It was discouraging because somebody that says they they love me, yeah, didn't didn't get it the time out to know me. And then, <clears throat> and every time, every step of the way, no, this is what we doing. And every time we did it, I did it. Like when I launched this, it was a success. Like people like no, don't launch the barbershop mm-hmm. in the, during the pandemic. And it was like in my mind, I thought. I got a, a mentor. I cut his hair. He remember in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, right? Yeah. He launched his business. He had a pest control business, and his parents said, his parents, his sisters, his brother says, don't launch during this time, mm-hmm. and he did it. Success. He's successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Multiple trucks, all of that, and so I always glean from him, and it's like, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it, cause people go, they, they don't. Most of the time is because people don't see it, and it's not for them to see it. As visionaries, as leaders, we have to push the envelope, 
every time. We got to do it. And yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're afraid. Yeah, they don't know what's going to happen. Do we know what's going to happen? <laughs> no, we, no, we don't. But it's a, we got this vision. I got this fire in me. I know it's going to work. Just yeah. rock with me. I know it's yeah. going to work. So, yeah, my and she left. She's just, you know, we, you know, she, we, we had a child together, but um, she's a great woman. She just didn't, she couldn't see. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. She got to find her path. Yeah. That's it. So that, that was, that was, that was one. And, um, just me and me and the last the last owner and last shop I was at, and um, he really didn't see me stepping out. You know what I mean? Get my own, but I had to, man. I was like, mm-hmm. so for a while, I think it put a strain in our relationship, and because he might have thought I wasn't ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, if I stay here, I'm gonna die. And not because it wasn't a good re- environment. It just I've outgrown it. Yeah. Yeah. So I stepped out. I left um, December 31st, 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, some people stayed because they didn't know because I had went back to my house and I was cutting in my kitchen. And But like I said, I had on my vision board two years prior in April 2020, I'm going to launch my barbershop. And I did it. That's awesome. Let's man. go. Yep. So wow. yeah, that's freaking inspiring, bro. Like, <laughs> you gave us a really, really deep example in how it impacted like personal relationships. And then you're sharing about like turning stuff on your vision board, like from start to finish, literally like this was on the vision board and it became a reality. And, you know, you were sharing with us, like, even if it's in the worst time in history to open a barbershop, <laughs> I'm going to open the barbershop because I know. I know that this is what God's calling me to. Man, come on, man. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. yeah. So uh, because we were talking about before how when you had all of your goals on the wall for all your friends to see and how that inspired them, I'm curious what your goals are now. So right now, my goals is more more Mm -hmm. family-oriented. Just my daughter, she's 16. So I really want to develop our relationship. Because when she goes to college, in her mind, she thinks she's an adult. <laughs> but it's the right now and through those college years, because she wants to be a lawyer, is the time that she's going to need me the most. Yeah. And so I think about that all the time. And just being there for my children, like, because uh, I, spe- I spend a lot of time working. I spend time with my children, but... I need to spend more time, you know, and I want them to know that this is, I didn't do this for me. Yeah. I did this to, for our name, for, for us, like you sharing this. Um, so that's a lot of my focus. I got my businesses, like by the end of the year, I'm going to have four trucks for my towing company and, um, just maintaining that. Um, I'm, a lot, I'm a launch. I'm launching another salon. It's going to be an all women's salon. Mm-hmm. So the women aren't going to be in a groom bar, mm-hmm. and it's going to be called Rare Beauty 
rare uh glam rare glam bar and um it's gonna be dope um it's just teaching young ladies how rare they are mm-hmm. and it's it's always a purpose behind what I do so yeah um just doing that and so that way my daughters have something they have something to call their own and they you know they grow up and you know they share in, in this vision mm-hmm. um so yeah so th- that's what that's what my focus is right now um my long term my long term goals I'm still I'm still working on that yeah yeah I'm still working on it I I haven't uh I want to do like a 5 to 10 year game plan yeah, yeah. but I'm really really working on it so yeah. um Maybe later in the date, if we do another one, yeah, I, I cool share. Man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so how could we help you or people or who audience. are listening? And yeah, especially or, with the uh, the thing you're telling about with sending kids over to other countries, like overseas. Yeah. Any what? any of the goals or any of the things on your vision board, if you were to leverage people, get more personnel, or get more people bought in, like how can people help you? Uh, just sponsoring a child, mm-hmm. uh, reaching out to. Um, at Born for Brothers, DM on IG at Born for Brothers, and um, ask for Tremaine or myself, Joel, and ask them how to sponsor a child. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we'll give you the trip details, and um, you know, we'll give you a child, and we'll let you know what child you're sponsoring, and why, and what is he doing for the community, and what is he doing for school, and his projected, you know, vision for his life. Awesome. Um, because that's what we that's what we help help with, and just stop by the groom bar at the groom bar uh, at the underscore groom bar underscore. Um, check us out, man. We out here. I got a phenomenal crew. Um, they they amazing young people. Everybody's twenty five and under, and uh, just come stop by and check them out. Yeah, and you won't be you won't you won't be dissatisfied. Yeah. What's your best piece of advice? Not you're saying that the groom bar is 25 and under for all the people who work at the groom bar. What is your biggest piece of advice for those people, the youth, the people who are younger and up and coming? Follow your dream, follow your heart, your your passion. Um, and if you don't know what your passion is, follow your gifts. Yeah. If you don't know what your passion is, follow your gifts. Develop them. Um, they will ignite your passion. There's a lot of people say, follow your passion. Well, you don't know. Well, what your passion is, so something that you can do. Like uh, you do media, you do marketing, you do uh, sales. That's, those, are, those are talents and gifts within talents and gifts. Mm-hmm. And then that's what develops you as a person. So if you follow that, You'll 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 develop a a, a passion, mm, yeah, for a passion for life, for real, for yeah. Life. Yep. So that's what I would say. Follow your gifts. Follow your passions. If you do know your passions, follow it. If if you don't, start with your gifts. Start with your talents. Develop them, and you'll begin to have a passion for life. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's a banger, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got any last things? No, sir. That was freaking awesome. Thank you so much, Joel, for your time, brother. No doubt, man. Thank you guys, man. It was a great interview, man. Y'all keep up the good work, man. Keep winning, man.
appreciate it, man. We're just trying to bind this community together and go to another level with one another. No doubt. No awesome, doubt. Man. Absolutely. Well, this has been the Not a Genius Podcast. We're wrapping it up here. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you guys have a great week and a blessed morning. And I hope that if you guys want to sponsor a child, reach out to Joel and Tremaine th through Born of Brothers. Right? At, the, at Born for Brothers, Born on, for Brothers. on IG. That's awesome. Cool. Born for Brothers on IG. Ask for Joel or Tremaine. All right. Peace out, guys. Have peace. a great week.